What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the North East Jets podcast, episode 131. The 131. This time, intimate. Me and Professor Mike. Old school. I uh, was, you know, last time we were talking about uh, Facebook memories and did like one of the first podcasts. Uh, it came up, you know, that first video you did of like in that room, like spinning around loads. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolutely dreadful. Yeah, it was, it was funny because you could see like how bare bones it was compared to like how it is now. Yeah, I was chatting to Ben Bond, he was there last time, wasn't he, on the podcast with us. And when he first started, when we first opened, the back room, the back map didn't exist. Mm. It was like there was a double wooden door. And if you went in there, it was a building site yeah, for yeah. quite a long time. Same with the Rio room as well. So yeah, we were just chatting just off air actually before we started this that we would like to improve the reception area. If anyone's got any ideas or anything you've seen that you like or you think we could improve in the facility, do let us know. Um, but I think our priority really is to try and make the entrance world class, right? We've got to improve that. So we're going to do that at some point in the near future. Yeah, it's funny because uh, <clears throat> I messaged you the other day of like, oh, should we do a video of just like some of the cool stuff we've got at the academy? And I was thinking about putting... Stuff like the cinema screen and then the library. We've got um, like Iron Neck in the gym. and the Yeah, where's that come from, by the way? Tom Patterson got the hookup and gave it oh. to us, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Thanks, yeah. Tom. Uh, sauna <coughs> and the ice bath and uh, the axe table with the family baits motto. <laughs> yeah. So it's like all these cool little bits where they have a little story. And uh, yeah, you don't find it in the other really jiu-jitsu academies. It's all... It's very, very different, right? Yeah. Like we always say, I feel like a bit of a broken record. <clears throat> Excuse me, but <clears throat> I think you just... The issue we've got, as we've always said, is that the, the, the students who train with us, most of them are new to jiu-jitsu, so they've never seen another academy. And I imagine most of them think this is normal. This is not normal. If you go to, even in our city, most of the academies are in industrial units, they're cold in the winter, they're not very comfortable in the summer, the schedule's dreadful, there's a tiny little room to get changed in, probably no showers. Like, it's completely different here. Um, and I'm really proud of that, man. But I still think there's things we can do. I think, as I say, reception, as you walk in, I want that to be wow, and it's not at the minute. So we're going to improve that. You'll have noticed this week, as an addition, we've fitted a new bigger screen into the cafe area. And that now has a live feed running from both mats. So before it was just the back mat, now it's both mats. So if you're a parent listening to this, and you like to watch your child trade jiu-jitsu, um, we're encouraging you to just take one step back. So still watch them outside if you want, of course, one parent per child, but what we're finding is that the children who are allowed just to immerse themselves in the activity and not be worried about what mum and dad thinks, they just get on better. And so you'd be able to watch your child training now in the back room. And that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, on that, uh, we had the first parents and kids study hall on Saturday. Oh, how'd it go? Went really well, and I was speaking to Danny this morning, and he was saying uh, Oscar Ali had a little round with Cooper Williams, Chris Williams' his boy, and uh, Oscar, to make it a bit fair, Oscar like put one hand in his belt like, behind his back, and Cooper was saying it was his most fun round he's ever had. So uh, it was nice that you know those kids of like the different age groups could share a bit of jiu-jitsu together, and also the dads can share, uh, well, parents can share um, jiu-jitsu together, and they get to spend it with their, with their kids. So again, if you are a parent that has a kid here come down Saturday morning for study hall it's a fun one and you can share some mat time with your your boy or girl the adult needs to be a member too right yeah so yeah. they've got to know jiu-jitsu it's not like you've just been watching for six months and, and then you can yeah it's not like maybe we'll eventually put a parent's kids class on where you can come in and you're 
new to jiu-jitsu and kid might be new to jiu-jitsu we'll do some stuff together but it's yeah it's usual study hall rules apply so you gotta be at least three stripe white belt um and that's um, for safety right yeah because it's an unsupervised session so you know you're responsible for the safety and well-being of your child and all the other children in there and yourself so we just need to make sure there is a little bit of experience in the room but there's lots of blue belts there right if dan Al is there there's... yeah dan chris rock jen was there um a couple of blue belts <laughs> yeah uh, so maybe a good point to say that you know if you are a parent listening and uh you're interested well i'm pretty sure you're interested in sight jiu-jitsu if you listen to this podcast <laughs> and haven't started training yet uh but it's a great time to maybe think about joy i'm going to have some really good uh incentives for new adult members coming up shortly you can talk about um but it's also with that parent kids study hall like a great opportunity for you to jump in set a really good example be a good role model uh and really understand what it is your kid is going through because i always think there's so many times a kid is going to come to their parents and say i don't want to do jiu-jitsu anymore it's too or like I, you know it's a hard thing to do yeah. yeah that's the thing right even even for the adults right they're going to go through the ups and downs you, know, you feel low and i think if you're not really a, if you're not in jiu-jitsu you don't really understand like what what it is they're going through because it's tough not just physically it's like tough emotionally and mentally and you know same for adults and kids and you know it's just like the the obvious like cliche example is of the of the parent that's coaching from the sidelines being like just stand up and it's like <laughs> <laughs> or you know you're like why don't you come on i'm out here yeah, and you just it. stand up yeah. uh, luckily we don't have any of that here but you know, you'll really get a much deeper understanding and get like a really strong relationship i think with your kid if, if you jump in and do it together yeah just sharing that kind of tactile space really like you know kids love wrestling don't they you know what i mean both you know both boys and girls they love just rolling around as young kids so to do that with your parents really important i did it with gabriel and it's good fun um but on the point about <clears throat> the incentive for adults joining so just that's probably a point just to note our most of our kids kids classes are full and there's a real balance we're trying to strike here by we're bringing more coaches in. We can talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we don't want to oversaturate the kids' classes because I think there'll be a tipping point where it'll get too busy and we'll start to lose that experience. Um, so you need to be, just be mindful of that. So what we're doing is prioritising over the next few months adult members. We, you know, we've got, we never have a full class. I, don't, I can't remember the last time. Monday is one of the busiest days. We have maybe like 28 on the first mat, maybe some in the back, six, seven, eight. It's never 40 people on the mat. So we've got room to grow there, right? And we want to grow that out. So to, to Coach T's point, if you are a parent watching or maybe you're a member who's got a mate who keeps asking about it, the offer's going to be out probably next week. Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, it, this won't go out till Friday, so I can definitely tell you guys about it now. It'll be... Basically, if you... Sign up now, you can get the rest of the year for free. You just need to pay your January in advance and you also get a free uniform. So you're saving like 360 quid, somewhere like that, maybe about 400 quid, depending on when you join. Yeah, the sooner you join, obviously, the better value yeah, it yeah. is, right? So if you join now, you're basically getting two months for free. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. It's the biggest offer we've ran, apart from the referral last year where we gave a, we offered a free membership. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest offers we've ran. So um, we're really pushing hard to try and, again, just find those people who are on the fence. Because there's quite a lot of people, I imagine, mm -hmm. looking at what we're doing and going, oh, and there's always a reason why you shouldn't start. Oh, I need to get fitter. I need to lose a bit of weight. Oh, I don't know anyone down there. Oh, I already do five a side on a third. There's always reasons, right? Yeah. So hopefully this is, I can't afford it. Hopefully this is the reason that 
allows people to take that next step. The biggest thing on that, I think, is always like anytime I speak to them it's like, about people joining, so I was like, oh, I've been thinking about doing this for ages, or like saw you guys in 2021, or like, you know, it's, and I've just, just, you know, got around to so coming. It's like they just needed a, a little bit of a, more of a push or um, a bit of an extra reason or dispel a bit of fear or. What are your reasons for training hard at the minute? Um, what are you focusing on? What's your kind of. It changed. I was saying to Ben the other day. I've, I've, I've floated around a few things. I think in general, I'm working a lot guard passing, and leg locks. So like, me and Sam have been doing a lot of study halls of, of like uh, leg lock escapes essentially. Um, but I really want to develop that aspect of my game, and um, guard passing is just. It's quite fun doing guard passing. It's, it's a bit. I think it's a bit more fun to learn passing than it is retention. Because I was doing retention for a little while and retention gets a bit a bit muddy. <laughs> uh, but reasons for training hard, just like, uh, I, I guess if uh, talking about it, it almost, almost comes from a bit of an insecurity that I feel like I should, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where if I was talking to me, I'd give myself the other advice, but because it's yourself, it's hard. I always feel like an insecurity that I should be better than where I am kind of thing, which I know is like nonsense because you shouldn't be, there's no expectations for you to really be anywhere, but like- yeah, No, where you, you are know, is where you should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, lifelong journey, there's no real shortcuts to get anywhere. So um, yeah, just wanting to like improve my game really, just like be be better at jujitsu. Yeah. It's worth having a focus, isn't it? Even, I suppose the reason I asked is, you know, even, it's important to have a focus when you're learning jujitsu and you're new to it. Because without that, it can be a bit overwhelming. There's lots of information. But that pursuit of mastery and that pursuit of just getting slightly better than you were before should never end. Mm. And that's one thing that Jiu-Jitsu will offer you. If you are thinking about joining or you've just started or maybe you're stuck in your blue belt rut or whatever it is, because that will happen. Um, it will give you a consistent and constant mechanism to self-improve. And that's brilliant. And, and that lasts for years, decades, the rest of your life, if you want. There's always something you can do better. You know, I'm finding there's things that <clears throat> I'm doing now, which I didn't do last year. Um, there's things that are cleaner for me, that are more efficient that weren't last year. And then there's still things like last night we had a role and, you know, people are creating pro new problems for me that I don't know the answer to yet. So that's phenomenal, isn't it? That's what we want. Yeah. It's like... Uh... I mean, you can just see it any time you're training with someone that's like better than you, like if you know, and especially when they're significantly better. Like, if you go to like train with Victor or something, it's just like I don't even, don't even know what jujitsu <laughs> is anymore. Like, <laughs> uh, so you just see like this, and then I'm sure there's someone out in the world that gives him like a similar kind of a feeling. Maybe if he's rolling with Browley or Hodger or Gordon or someone, yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, there's just so much depth, and and that's what I think one of the most addicting things about jiu-jitsu is especially at first I think because it I always explain being a white belt is like you're in an arms race hmm. it's like who can just collect as much knowledge <laughs> earlier and that's why it become that's why people go into the YouTube rabbit holes because if you just like any one bit of information is way more information like if you know zero then knowing one is now infinitely more than what you just yep. knew so uh 
started just like collecting stuff. And then ben, I was talking to Ben, obviously me and Ben are living together now, so we're talking a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so then oh, um, moved in. And uh, he was saying how he felt like his progression slow. And I'm like, that's that's completely normal because yeah. you know when you don't know much, like every new bit of information is like this. And now it's almost like a refinement process that you've got the things that you like and you have to refine them down a bit. But uh, that's that's the addictive thing on, on Jiu-Jitsu, I think, just constantly learning new new skills or refining skills, getting better. Yeah. I, I mean, Ben's just um, kind of become one of the first new intake into our new coach's pathway as well. So that's another way to develop. You know, it's not just about you being able to do Jiu-Jitsu. Can you articulate it to somebody else? Can you upskill them? Can you develop them? Can you add value to their life and their journey? through your own knowledge. That's, again, a wonderful opportunity that people tend not to have um, in many other pursuits. So that's great. And so Ben and a number of others, in fact, we just signed all of our coaches. So regardless of the belt level of the coaches, every single one of us from me all the way down to the newest blue belt coach all have to obviously have a DBS check to work with the children, but they also need to undergo the ICP, the instructor certification process through Gracie Baha, which is a global course it's not cheap. I think we've spent about 1,500 quid on courses this week just for our coaches. But what it does is it gives a really solid foundation for all those coaches and enables us to offer in every class, regardless of who's teaching, a similar experience. Now, those coaches, of course, will not have the experience or the knowledge that myself or Coach T or, um, or someone else might have who's been coaching for a long time and training jiu-jitsu for a long time. But they will have absolutely all of the same information that we have in terms of what the curriculum is, how we teach, the structure of the lesson. And so, you know, if you're, if you're perhaps you can only come to morning classes and, you know, the majority of your coaches are, are blue belts, don't worry about that. That's just there's still loads you can do to develop in those classes. Um, in fact, Ben comes to most of those classes and he's one of our most advanced students. So... Um, it's exciting man it's good I was speaking to Danny again this morning about how you know he's oftentimes used as the UK and he's oftentimes paired up with like the new trial student and I was like there's pros and cons to that because sometimes you just want to train with your mates and that's, that's fun but also when you do get paired with a new student you almost get to be like a mini coach in a way mm -hmm. because you've got to like, like explain to them what's going on to a certain degree and you also get to see what it, what it's like, which you've forgotten, which is like what it's like to be a day one student, nervous, what's the mount? Can't, <laughs> like, move, can't move. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get to do like a little mini version of coaching just when you're a bit more experienced. And then it, that's like the next step now. You can get, get your ICP done. And um, and it's a good course, the ICP. I always say like, I always give it like on the feedback form. I'm always like, I always give like some uh, negative feedback in terms of like, you know, I, I wish there was like an audio version because like with my dyslexia, I really struggle to read through big bodies of text like that. And um, things like, uh, I wish it was like the, some a lot of more of the videos were, there was like a couple of years ago, they've since fixed it, like pretty much all the videos were in Portuguese. So it's yeah. like maybe do a Portuguese one and an English one. Um, but the actual course itself, I th always think is very like leading and very interesting topics. You know, the ethics stuff they added um, last year or the year before was like top notch. I'm really interested to see the safety stuff safety, they're, the they're putting on, on this year. Um, 
the experience stuff, you know, the more, uh, the more I learn about coaching, I'm always thinking about sitting again to Danny, like class engagement, like how long is someone waiting before they actually do something or interacting or how long are they just sat there doing nothing? Um, you know, and then how like actually engage are they when they actually are doing things? Because, you know, you can all just like float through a class just waiting for that live training, waiting for the spa and the fun bits kind of thing. But, you know, as a coach, it's, you've got to make the the bits that they might not see as the fun bits as the really enjoyable and interesting things. So they talk a lot about that experience in the ICP. So it's long, it's it's not an easy course to, to do. There's, it lasts for about four months, right? Five months, like... Yeah, yeah, they break it down into sections, which I think is a good good idea because if they released it all in one, people... Well, they would, used to. Yeah. ICP 2021 was like you were sat at your laptop for a week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of lots of learning going on, which is awesome. Yeah. But on that point there, so you, maybe you are, you know, maybe you've been training for a while now when we pair people up in class. We've spoken about how we try and do that as coaches, trying to match... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still recovering from this blooming COVID malarkey. Um, as we try and match experience to inexperience and size, and we try and get that kind of somewhere in the middle, you're going to find that you're going to be with newer students, and that can be at times frustrating. I've been there. <clears throat> you come in, you really want to drill some stuff, you really want to get better, and if you're doing it with someone who's equal or more experienced than you, you're going to have a really nice experience. If you have to really slow down your game and help someone else, it can feel frustrating. What I would say is you've got to remember that you were that white belt once. Mm -hmm. So you're paying it back. And if you want to just train with your mates, just come to live training. Like, you know, come to live training. You can roll with whoever you want, right? If you come to GB2 or GB3. Or GB2 or GB3. Yeah, so yeah, everyone's yeah. at a certain level, yeah. So it's part, of the, it's part of the journey, really. And if you embrace it and if you see it as about this is my chance to help someone else, then that's quite a wonderful thing as well. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's part of your development too. You know, Jiu-Jitsu isn't all just about being a badass and like, you know, tapping everyone out, is it? It's uh, about becoming a better person. So um, that's a big aspect of it too. Here's something that interesting that happened at the academy. I was thinking just before we started. Um, because uh, we were doing the guidebook the other day and we decided, we made a little group decision that, which was a kind of an unspoken rule, but then it kind of happened a couple of times where got broken where guys would show up in just compression pants for the no gi i was like no no, no. like uh, so yeah so we should just probably make a little we should make that clear right so then um the other day tom broughton rocked up post-competition where i think he probably saw pass one of the guys at gb bradford and uh training in mixed rig so like he had a black key top and white key pants then tom came the end of the other day with a like a blue gi top and white gi pants the way around. And uh, he's like, look at this. He's like thinking like nothing was wrong. I was like, he's like that's, that's funny. And he's like, no, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Like didn't, like, on, like just, just totally, didn't totally innocent. Like yeah. just didn't, didn't understand. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, look at this guy, you know. Because um, for, for me, that's like the, the craziest, like, Thing, but for him and his head, he's like, really? Like, it was quite a cool look. For yeah. Someone like Tom, like he can pull it off. Like mm. it looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, like American, uh, a lot of Americans train like that. The Sambo guys have shorts and blooming gi top on. If you if you're that kind of, if you've got that that cut of your jib like Tom has, then he, he pulls it off really well. Mm -hmm. You and I would look like we'd kind of like no, just yeah. wandered straight through the 
laundry basket and wandered out. <laughs> Mine will be all creased, really, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think mean, maybe it's good to just explain that. Like, is, I think especially coming from that kind of, especially me in the military training thing where it's like doubled down on, but like those military backgrounds where you don't, don't like split your military rig with like your civilian rig. We call it split rig. And it's like, um, I'm not really sure why in, in martial arts we do it, but I think it probably comes down just for like, like you got to look the part, and I think a lot it's of people discipline. Just, yeah. yeah, there's a discipline to turning up with a freshly laundered gear every time that yeah. doesn't stink and isn't yellow when it should be white and isn't that one color. There's a discipline to get that right. Same way we don't wear like rainbow coloured gears or like random. It's like blue or white. You keep it simple, you know. Uh, and it takes away. It's, it puts the focus back on the jujitsu again, right? Like if everyone was in different gears, there, there's a. There is a distracting element to that. Mm. Oh man, where'd you get your show your old gi from? Oh, the camo gi. Whoa. Like, let's not even, we don't need to talk about that. Let's just talk about the jujitsu. Um, but I think I was just saying there, we used to have a, a, an image there. I don't know where it is. We need to get Kev to find it. Kev, if you're listening, can you find it, please? It's the ethics, um, the code of ethics for, for Gracie Baja that we have just by the entrance to the mat area. And it's really important that as students, you read that. And you, um, so we're signposting you to it now, and you follow those rules, okay? We don't ask, we don't put a lot of rules on in this academy, but there are certain things that we absolutely adhere to. Uniform is one of them, and we want that because we want unity, we want equality, we want it to be an egalitarian kind of meritocracy where, you know, the more you put into your own jiu-jitsu, the better you become, not just money. But it's little things like turning up on time, right? And when you turn up late, you may be stuck in traffic, whatever. You don't just run onto the mat when the instructor's given the opening message. You wait at the side of the mat with your card and you're invited on. And it's little, little bits of discipline like that make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And we've got to remember, like, last night in comp team, I was reminding our students, like, don't lean on the wall. You know, that's not... Disciplined. That's not a martial artist. You don't slump on the wall. You stand straight and you stand tall and you look like you're ready to go. And it's those little things that you might think is a bit of a pain in the ass, But when you add it all up, it's like making your bed in the morning, isn't it? It's the little basic things, but it just starts your day off right. The, uh, it's, it's the same problem Jiu-Jitsu has everywhere. It's like the bleed between martial art and a sport and a service and a kind of like a service provider and um you know some like a group of people that are doing something that's kind of traditionally quite rigid and disciplined in a modern era where everything is like do your own thing yeah everyone's got to like their own freedom kind of thing you're right and uh i remember like i think we used to be a lot lot stricter but then the culture almost like took care of itself quite a lot. And then, you know, the more experienced students would, because, you know, it used to be like, people just kick, kick the sliders off wherever and like. Oh yeah, when we first started, <laughs> we were constantly yeah. telling people to um, sort of out. And then it was like, you know, I used to, I used to tell people at the start, like, remember like all my end, classes, end of class messages were like, this isn't any time fitness, right? If you want to like fuck around and do something, go somewhere else, you know, don't leave, you know, your finger tape and plasters and like, that still happens Shit, a bit. Yeah, yeah, on the, on the side of the windowsills and... Um, cut your nails and cut, have a yeah, wash cut before your feet, class. Yeah, like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So so it's always hard because we don't want to seem, you know, authoritarian. But at the same time, like, we've 
you set a standard and people have to live up to that standard. Otherwise, there's no point of like, having the standard in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, and the standards are there for a reason. I'd, I'd like to think that anytime there's a rule, you know, it's there to show respect. And one of the things that came to mind, actually, just because I can see the picture of Master Carlos Gracie, uh, senior, is like, especially on the bowing type thing, like, um, now, obviously in Japan, like a bow is like just like a handshake. It's like yeah. you're showing kind of respect. But the thing that hit home for me the most, and it's coming up soon, is the business conference that we're going to at the end of the month. Last year, Victor and Braulio did a really good talk about just like their experience, like coming to the UK in jiu-jitsu. And that's like, for me, the biggest reason, like I'd do a bow because, you know, I talk about their like sacrifice, all the kind of stuff that they went through and being screwed over and taking a big chance going from sunny Brazil to rainy Birmingham. <laughs> it's like they could, and you know, Victor got offers as he talked about to go run schools, like big schools in California. And he could have just taken that. But if he, if those guys had done that, there wouldn't be like a jiu-jitsu scene here in the UK really. It would just be like, maybe it'd be similar to like where Australia's at, you know, with yeah. emerging kind of personalities and um, or, or other European countries. Like there's no real jiu-jitsu scene in France right now. There's no real- Or Germany. Or Germany, you know. Um, so you kind of got, maybe you don't, I don't, I don't necessarily respect Elio as a person, like for his moral character, like, uh, or like Carlos Christie Sr bit of a weird guy but like for their commitment to the sport and the sacrifices they made uh to make sure that jiu-jitsu could grow into what it grew to and then we get to do what we do now because of the things that they endured then i think that is due respect yeah we're standing on the shoulders of giants yeah that's why we did the the entrance way right this last um, summer because we wanted <clears throat> our students to understand the journey that other people have been on to get us to this point. Um, and also that you are part of that lineage and you're part of that journey. You know, it ends with your next class. You know, that is your next chance to try and self-develop and, and be part of it. And if you turn up with not the right kit or not in the right order or you're late, you're starting your class off in a bad way, right? Mm. You could show up on time with all the right kit, great attitude, ready to help someone else. And if you did that, then... You know, it's just going to add value to the next person further down the line. And I think, you know, we're, we talk about this quite a bit that we've got... A, the nice thing about our academy is that a lot of the students have started at a similar time. So there's a very, very large peer group pool. And that's a really cool thing. I mean, when, we, when I started, we had that. In fact, we had Professor Vince come for a, to see us from Perth, Australia. I uh, sent me a picture after of me and him's purple belts drilling. That was at Roger Gracie's seminar at um, Victor's when he opened his school. And, you know, we're still, like, hadn't seen him in seven years, but he can come in and we can we can hit it off. And we, we had, like, a, a really quite broad peer group of blue belts. Ollie Lovewell, Vince, Jared Paxman, all that lot. Um, and you've got that here, but... One day you're all going to be black belts and there'll be another generation. So what you do now really makes a difference to them. You know, if we can still keep growing this academy and making it even better and even better, it's going to be better for them. And then you'll be, you won't be at the end of that lineage, you'll be slightly this way mm. and you'll keep moving down. And that's so important. I mean, I always look at the legacy photos we have there and there's five and there's only two more than it's me. 
and then it'll be you, and then it'll be you. And so from the very, very beginning to you, eight people. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. And there's an argument to be made whether you take Zay Hadioli out there, which seems like, I guess, Master Carl Tracy Jr.'s canal. Victor's professor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was interesting yesterday, I was talking to Ben about coaching, since he's one of the new coaches, and almost on that. He was saying, like, he, he knew it was something that he always wanted to do, but he didn't know if there would be, like, a right time. Obviously, he's going through a lot at the moment as well, but he, like, he wanted to wait maybe till it's, like, technically better. And I'm like, there's almost, like, a really good benefit of starting it too early than, like, at the right time, which is never going to be, or too late, because... Whilst you're still in your junior, like I see coaching and jiu-jitsu skills like a very different, like parallel but different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's a certain humility that you're going to have when, you're a, when you feel like you aren't ready for it. If you wait till your black belt, you probably already feel pretty confident. Like I know a better jiu-jitsu, you're going to like go in with maybe like, or maybe almost overly confident if you've never done any coaching before. And... If you go in as a blue belt, you kind of know you don't know anything. So you're going to like study really hard. You're going to make sure everything's going to be like the best it's going to be. Like really going to think about that experience. I think there's a real benefit of being like a bit under knowing that you're not where you need to be right now because you're going to work so much harder on it. And then you're going to, you know, by the time you are a black belt and you feel like, oh, now's the time I should be doing coaching. Like you're going to already have years and years of experience under your belt. Mm -hmm ready to go and I think that's one of the best things about this academy that right now is we've talked about it for you know the last year or so it's the seed but it's a seed that I can tell is already going to grow into like a really strong tree a really you know you're going to have all those coaches now that, you know, that people might be like oh it's a blue belt coaching but they're actually gaining so much experience that by the time they're purple belts brown belts black belts they're going to be so so much better than the people that waited till they were brown belt black belts to start teaching because they've just had time in, in the position, like you were talking about yesterday in jiu-jitsu, like you just need that time in the position. So I'm really excited for that too. And um, one of the other things was on timetable changes and uh, what I think would be really exciting would be to have, you know, now if you're taking, if you want to take less classes, but also be in more classes in a way because you could have less set time that you need to be in the academy. But if you're free on a, Thursday afternoon and want to come watch me teach and give me some pointers or if you're free on a Monday morning and maybe Danny's going to te teach that class you can come in and give him some pointers in that class and then then you know it's like a random little thing oh maybe Professor Mike will be in today or maybe Coach T is going to drop into my class today and you're going to get that extra experience and also the coach gets that extra experience of um, having someone in there helping them and yeah. it's just it's just richer isn't it I mean that's the word I try and use it's just a richer environment for everybody when we have people who commit to the development of others above themselves and that is what coaching is like you could come and participate in the class but if you're choosing to coach you are putting your self-development in jiu-jitsu terms behind the development of others which is a wonderful thing to do um but to your point there is it is a parallel track they are two separate things you can be a black belt world champion and an absolutely shit coach, right? Or you can be a blue belt hobbyist and a phenomenal teacher um, because you're able to engage to your point, you're able to manage the class well, you're able to articulate the concepts that you've learned from us in a really nice way, and you're able to adjust your style to the person who um, 
is taking the class. And the sooner we can get people on that journey, the better it's going to be. It's as simple as that. It'll just be a richer experience for everybody. And look, let's face it, <clears throat> it is by coming and standing out the front of the class, you are putting yourself out there to fail, right? Like you could, if you make a mistake, if I make a mistake teaching, it's a bad feeling, man. People don't expect me to make mistakes. I don't make them very often. But if, let's, let's say I'm drawing a technique and it doesn't go according to plan. We're doing the 50-50 from the neon belly skip and I'm not very good at it. And the mic was at a different angle. It didn't work very well. I hate the feeling. As a blue belt, no one gives a shit because you knew. So yeah. it's that kind of like, you know, don't rush to finish being a white belt thing because once you, you know, white belt, there's zero expectation. And as a new coach, there's very little expectation. Um if you wait to your black belt, people are going to expect that you know what you're talking about and you can do what you're teaching. And so there becomes a, a more of a burden then, I think. Especially, I think, now that there's so much more access to knowledge and, you know, with the breadth of jiu-jitsu, you might be teaching a class <clears throat> and there's a, you know, a blue belt student that is, like, just studying the hell out of that position for some reason. And they might not have more knowledge than you in, in that position. So, like, uh, you really got to... Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough job being a coach and putting yourself out there like that. Um, but, you know, having that, you know, humility, I think is a big, big part of being a coach. Coach, like things with, like our values that we were talking about. Um, in our meeting with Steve the other week, um, like humility, courage, like all these things come into um, not only the values that we do outside of the mats, but also when you coach on the mats, take a big... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a tough thing, man. I mean, we mentioned their schedule, didn't we? <clears throat> might be worth just kind of giving a bit of a teaser, I suppose, to some of the things that you can expect to see in the early part of next year. <clears throat> we're not going to put an exact date on it because we need to get a lot of things in place before then. Um, but we're looking at running a GBF again, which is yes. really exciting. Hopefully Sophie uh, will be leading that for us. And that's fantastic. So we're really proud to be doing that again. So again, if you're listening and you've got a female friend or a partner who missed out last time or wanted to come, didn't come, or came last time, didn't sign up and want another run at it, like, just come and do the GBF course again. That's pretty cool. Um, I think we could say quite confidently that people can expect that there will be a class every morning before work Yep. in the early part of next year. So Monday morning class, Friday morning class. The reason, one of the reasons we can't do that before um, and sooner is because... It's part of our coaching pathway that we've brought in to ensure that all of our coaches are good enough for our standard that they have to shadow a number of classes. So they have to shadow eight classes, I think it is, and then they have to spend at least eight classes with us, eight or ten, right? So um, that's going to take a bit of time. That's going to take us a few months to get there. But once we've done that, and those coaches we feel are, and they've passed their ICP and everything else, ready to go, then you can expect classes so then we'll have a class every morning before work we'll have hopefully followed by live training right hopefully follow everyone we'd like to have everyone followed by live training even bar half it like a no gi live training that'd be pretty cool then we'd like a class every lunchtime <clears throat> we'd like a class every evening we'd like to be training seven days a week at some point and i know you've been putting your study hall classes on as well so there's additional classes um and we're looking at putting things like on a Tuesday night, a GB1 class on at six, yep. moving Nogi to seven. And so basically what we're trying to do there is ensure that regardless of where you are in the program, GB1, GB2, GB3, if you want to do a class on that day at that time, there is a class available for you. Mm -hmm. At the moment, 
as you quite rightly noted, uh, T, and I hadn't seen it. If you wanted to train at six o'clock on a weeknight, or seven o'clock on a weeknight, sorry, because yeah. you finish work at six in Leeds and you can't get in, you can only come twice a week as GB1. That, that ain't good enough. Um, so we're doing loads of things to put that in place. It costs loads of money to do this. It costs a lot of time um, and effort, but you know we want to elevate ourselves again to a new level of you know scheduling within jiu-jitsu in, in our region because we're way ahead of everyone already when we've got that people are way better in fact this is really interesting so we said this in our team meeting the other day i didn't realize but when you go onto our scheduling page on the website there's a number of different pages right because there's the main mat then there's mat number two then there's the kids mat yeah if you go on to many of the other academies, most of them, if not all of them, they've got one image. Mm-hmm. And that schedule that you're looking at is the kids and the adult classes. Not different. Yeah. The kids and the adult classes. So you've got to really you know, look at our schedule and think, wow, I've got the best opportunity to train and that's all we can provide you. We can provide the opportunity. You've then got to come and do your classes yeah. and improve yourself. I think on that point about like the cost of adding the coaches and the time and stuff, like especially because you know anyone could just stick a person in a, a class, but to do it right, there's that thing like in the military again. It's like that two is one, one is none. Like you can't just throw someone in because if that person then like doesn't want to be there all of a sudden or they want to go on holiday, it's not like you know we we hold ourselves to a certain standard. We can't just be like, oh, the class is cancelled now. Like we're not doing it anymore. Like. We never cancel yeah, classes apart so, from bank holders and stuff. Yeah, like. so it's like if we say we're gonna do a class Monday morning, you know, we have to make sure that that coach is like committed to be doing it. Like they're reliable. They, you know, and if they do need like, and as everyone will at some point to go on holiday or they're sick, that someone else is available at that time to be able to cover because we can't just have it as. Um, that one point of failure ever. So, you know, it is quite difficult to get um, a slot filled. It's not just a case of, I'm free then, I'll just jump in, you know, because um, more thought and more preparation goes into it than that. Yeah. Running alongside, I think it's only fair to say, I mean, we talked about values there. So, uh, as we said last time, we're, we're working with an external um, coach, who a business coach, who's a friend of mine. He's a level nine coach, business owner in his own right, founder, Phenomenal guy, Steve Baxter. In fact, Steve was here helping us paint that door when we before we opened up. So he's been here from the beginning. And he we've contracted him in for six months to help develop our business and each of us individually within the inner circle, which is phenomenal. Um, one of the things we're going to have to do next year, it's only right we say this because one of our values is integrity, is that we're going to have to look to raise our prices, right? So, you know, I didn't want to, we don't want to wait too long before we start talking about that. I think it's fair to say that we're not ready to launch that because we don't know exactly what the price point is. We know we'd like to, we know we're undervalued, 100% we're undervalued. If you compare us to any of the academies that offer what we offer elsewhere in the country, we tend to be cheaper. We are the most expensive in our region, but we are the best in our region. And it's not a price conversation, it's a value conversation in my mind. So we've got to do a little bit of work to get that right. Um, one thing we could work harder on, which I want to bring in, is a better discounting for family members. So at the moment, each 
extra person in your family will get 5% off. We want to lift that discount for you guys. So if you've got three, four kids in the program and you come train, as we have some of our students, you should be benefiting from a greater discount rate, I think. Um, and that will encourage more people in families to come train together and everything else. Back to your point about study hall and stuff. So it's a, it's a big piece of work for us to get right. So we, we can't launch it right now, but it's worth saying that in the early part of next year, not in January, we've committed not to do that um, because of Christmas and everything else. In the early part of next year, you can expect to see a slight price increase. I mean, we haven't raised our price for about two years. Yep. And we did that purposely because we wanted to um, support everybody in the cost of living crisis that we've been going through. But we've been absorbing greater costs in every single other area. So we can't sustain that. And <clears throat> hopefully, you know, a couple of pounds extra a week or whatever it's going to be is a small price to pay for all those new classes, all those new coaches, all those new events, fireworks night coming up, everything else. And um, it's just the next level. So, yeah, you can expect that in the early part of 2024. And you'll get um, plenty of notice about <clears throat> it. At well. least three months. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's good. You know, it's... And it's not like we've either of us have talked about we're going to do a price increase and then just bump everyone's weight, minor your wages up. It's just, <laughs> you know, so it's like it's it's things that we can again just like reinvest back into making this even better as we as we've talked about a lot. You know, doing reception and then we can we talked about maybe just doing it a room at a time where we can just make you know we're getting like some new furnishings in the uh, recovery room. We're getting like new. There's new stuff that's going on all the time. There's new. Uh, I made a little bit of a post about it on Instagram the other day. Getting the new books in. Like we've probably spent about good at least hundred quid on books the other, yeah. the other uh, couple of months. Um, so there's always new things we're trying to make. I'm always thinking about ways. You, you know, because I uh, I bring a new idea every week. Feeling like, Mike, can we spend uh, some money on? It? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, rest assured, like everything that you put in, we we. Uh, we try to put back. Yeah. I mean, we did the female change room last year. We made that like phenomenal. That yeah. is a lovely place to be. Um, hair dryers and sanitary products and a green wall and like like you ain't gonna get that anywhere else. And a shower and stuff. The guys' change room is probably something that we should be looking at. Um, we could probably do with retiling that, redoing the windows, double glazing them. Um, so there's lots we can do. The one thing I just want to point out before we go about the potential price increase is that. One thing we are looking to do as part of that is to offer an opportunity to train in the real group mm. rather than having that as a separate membership. Yeah, yeah. So if you currently are paying a full price membership and a real group top up, then you will actually save money when we do this, I think. Yeah. Um, so we want to give that as an opportunity for people because there'll be other people as well who train elsewhere and maybe they love that. It's great. Maybe some people have to train elsewhere because they don't want to train here. We're going to give you the opportunity to do that, to recover better, to stay healthy, use the iron neck, get your ligaments strong, your joints, your muscles, so you can do jiu-jitsu for as long as possible. And and just on that as well, Professor Lewis made a good point. I want to nip it in the bud before anyone tries to nail us on it. Is a, an argument could be made that it's like, oh, they're doing a price increase and they're just giving me the Reorg room for free, but I don't even want the Reorg room, so I'm just paying extra for something I don't use. That's not it at all. We're, we're, you know, it's up in the air whether we're going to give the real room. Yeah, no, the real, price increase is happening. Yeah, it's either happening. You are getting, you know, the price increase because of the extra value you, we, we've given in terms of all the classes, the facilities improvements, that kind of thing. Um, the real room would just be a bonus on top. Like, 
it, we're not, you know, the price increase, uh, uh, the amount we put it to is zero impact on whether we do give you the real room or not. So it would just be a... It's more of a value add, yeah. isn't it? It's more like we've been talking about <clears throat> trying to make your experience more holistic in jiu-jitsu. So we talk about it not just being about jiu-jitsu, it's about you on and off the mat. Well, you know, having a strong body and a, and a body that equipped to be able to withstand the rigors of jiu-jitsu is important. And it's really just a value add and it's, it's helping people develop in a different way. Um, maybe you want to train more often, so you're going to grab an ice bath a couple of times a week to recover better or sauna. Like, you should be able to do We want you to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, super exciting. Loads of new things come in. And um, we better go because I need a wee. And we need to film some videos. <laughs> yeah, we do. Lots okay, to do. thanks, team. Until next time. Awesome.